Hi everybody, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. Today we're going back to the basics and talking about the inspiration behind classic horror films, starting with the earliest and getting to the most recent. Where did these ideas and inspirations come from? Starting out, we have Halloween from 1978. This is the beloved story of Michael Myers, the man who comes back from the insane asylum to finish off his family vengeance. After reviewing John Carpenter's film Assault on Precinct 13 from 1976 at the Milan Film Festival, independent film producer Erwin Yablas sought out Carpenter to direct a film for them about a psychotic killer that was stalking babysitters. In an interview with Fangoria magazine, Yablas stated, I was thinking this would make sense in the horror genre, and what I wanted to do was make a picture that had the same impact as The Exorcist. Carpenter had asked Yablas for his own ideas for a sequel to 1974 film Black Christmas that featured an unseen and motiveless killer murdering students in a university sorority house. Black Christmas was initially developed by Canadian screenwriter Roy Moore, who wrote the screenplay under the title Stop Me. Inspirations for the film came from the urban legend known as The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs, which had become widespread during the 1970s. Carpenter was inspired by, by Black Christmas as there was apparently a stalker on his own college campus. Carpenter asked if there would ever be a sequel to Black Christmas and Yablas said no, but Carpenter said, well, what would you do if it was a sequel? It would then be the next year that the guy would have actually been caught, escape from a mental institution, institution, go back to the house, then start all over again. And it would then be called Halloween. They decided to base the movie on Halloween Day itself because of the dark traditions of Samhain. What a better day to bring evil into the world than a day like Halloween, where spirits and all kinds lurk among us. Moving on to Friday the 13th. This movie from 1980 revolved around Jason Voorhees and all of the camp counselors that get slaughtered at Camp Crystal Lake. Basically, all of the camp counselors come back to Crystal Lake after a couple of years of Jason Voorhees being dead and drowned in the lake, and all of these things start happening. The concept for Friday the 13th began as nothing more than just the title itself, A Long Night at Camp Blood was the working title Victor Miller used while he drafted a script, but co-producer Cunningham believed that his Friday the 13th title was better and he rushed to place an advertisement in international variety first. Initially created by Victor Miller, Jason's final design was a combined effort of Miller, Ron Kurz, and Tom Savini. The name Jason is a combination of Josh and Ian, Miller's two sons, and Voorhees is the name of a girl that Miller grew up with in high school. There's no credit given as true, but Friday the 13th original story follows the same pattern as a murders in the Netherlands in 1962. A group of teenagers and their boyfriends snuck into an abandoned summer camp and slept there overnight by a lake. In the morning, the police arrived to find all of the teens slaughtered brutally. It wasn't until years later that there was a confession. An old counselor of that lakefront summer camp wrote in a suicide note that he killed the teens in an act of vengeance for how he was treated when he worked there. Very eerily similar. Up next, we have Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. 
A Nightmare on Elm Street is about a group of Midwestern teenagers who are all experiencing the same nightmarish fate. A man named Freddy Krueger preys upon them in their sleep. Krueger is a badly burned boogeyman who kills people in their dreams, which manifests into their death in real life. Wes Craven, the creator, said that he was struck with inspiration for the dream killer when he found an article in LA Times. The article was about a Cambodian family coming to America to escape mass genocide in the killing fields. They made it to the US and all was fine until a young boy in their family was terrified to sleep because he felt that if he slept, he would be killed by something chasing him. He forced himself to stay awake for days at a time and eventually he did die in the middle of a nightmare. This became the basis for A Nightmare on Elm Street. Craven told Sinfantistic Magazine, whatever that magazine is, that it was also not the only article that he saw about this. There were three other articles about unexplained deaths of those from Laos, Cambodia. None of the articles connected the deaths together, even though they were all very similar. The last of the men dying in their sleep was found with a Mr. Coffee Maker in his closet and discarded sleeping pills that were never taken. Craven's original script characterized Freddy Krueger as a child molester, which Craven said was the worst thing he could think of and the ultimate villain. The decision was to instead make Freddy Krueger a child murderer in order to avoid being accused of exploiting the spate of highly publicized child molestation cases in California around that time. A Nightmare on Elm Street went into production after that, and Craven's inspirations for Freddy Krueger himself included a bully from his school from his youth, the personality, a disfigured and burned homeless man who had frightened Wes Craven when he was 12, and the 1970s pop song Dreamweaver by Gary Wright. Freddy Krueger wears a striped red and green sweater, red and green being the two hardest colors for our eyes to see next to each other a dark brown fedora, the most unlikable hat, a weighted glove, loose black trousers, and worn work boots in order to hint that he is work, part of the working class in a blue collar background. Wes Craven stated that part of the inspiration for Freddy's infamous bladed glove was from his cat as he watched it claw the side of his couch one night. Moving on to Hellraiser from 1987. This film centers around a sexual deviant named Frank, who inadvertently opens a portal to hell when he tinkers with a box that he bought while abroad. The act unleashes gruesome beings called Cenobites, who tear Frank's body apart. When Frank's brother and his wife, Julie, move into Frank's old house, they accidentally bring what is left of Frank back to life. Frank then convinces Julia, his one-time lover, to lure men back to the house so he can use their blood to reconstruct himself. Pinhead, or Hell Priest as he's called, the leader of the Cenobites, kills hundreds of the world's most powerful magicians and steals their magic and knowledge. He gains enough magical knowledge that he's able to massacre not only his fellow Cenobites, but some of the most powerful beings in all of Hell. Clive Barker, the director and creator of Hellraiser, was fascinated with the BDSM culture and SMM, SMM clothing and clubs in the late 70s, early 80s in New York City. Clive Barker said, Hellraiser is the story of a man driven to seek the ultimate sensual experience and has a much more twisted sense of sexuality. Pinhead was only in it for eight minutes, but it quickly became apparent people liked him, and I got a good reaction from the S&M crowd, and still do. 
I was validating a lifestyle. It was a celebration of the beauty of these strange secret rituals. Clive Barker himself is gay and used this movie to celebrate his sexuality. Not only is the film a calling card to the community, but to himself as well. And the last movie on our list is Scream from 1996, written by Kevin Williamson and directed by Wes Craven. The 1996 film single-handedly reinvented the once-dead slasher genre for a new generation. While most might hold the film in high regard as an all-time great, it's not usually seen as one of the most scary movies ever made. Ghostface himself is inspired from the Gainesville Ripper, or Daniel Rowland, who went on a four-day murder spree in Florida, where five college students were killed by his blade. Though the Gainesville Ripper wasn't a teenager, nor did he prank call his victims or wear a mask, he planted the seeds of fear in Williamson's mind, creating a feeling inside of him that he wanted to recreate on the page. The design of the mask bears reference to Edward Munich's painting The Scream, the film poster to Pink Floyd's The Wall, the ghostly characters that appeared in the 1930s Betty Boop cartoons, and season one Scooby-Doo Where Are You Ghosts in the episode of A Night of Fright is No Delight. That is it for our list today. Thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. Check out some of the motives and inspirations behind your favorite stories and movies. The Shivers Made Up page is up and running. Speaking of murders, I will be hosting a murder mystery party this Saturday, September 23rd. Everyone's welcome to attend either in person or virtually, and each attendee will be given a character. I'm very excited about this event and hope you all enjoy it as we continue to kick off the spooky season. <laughs>